What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 329. My name is Steve. I'm one of the co-hosts. And as always, I'm joined by... Ron. And John. Oh, <laughs> the enthusiasm, guys. Bringing it hot. Hot mic. I'm coming in hot, man. Oh, yeah. man. I like it. <laughs> so how are you guys doing? Pretty good. Yeah. How about you? Good, man. You know... What's this? From what I was doing, <laughs> I think it was you were coming Cobra Commander. Word. Yeah. <laughs> trying to find, trying to find <laughs> the root of whatever. I'll word kill you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I love that people that never died in GI Joe. It was just like an explosion and, and a parachute. Just, yeah, and then you parachuted where you were. Normally, there were it was a mountainous area. It was, didn't didn't make any sense. <laughs> also, like Cobra, their their design was on point. You know, like all the the, the darker blues and bright reds, yeah. and uh, I believe all of their parachutes were just like white or like light gray. <laughs> it seems like they would have had a sleeker looking shoot design. No. Super simple. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about the GI Joe rant, Steve. No, man, it's important stuff. Top of the top of the episode, get it out now. Uh, so, so this is going to be an interesting episode. Like as I'm laying out and like looking at what we talked about going into it, it's like we're basically talking about some mixture of series. We're talking television series, yes. docu series across a couple of different platforms. Uh, we got we're going to cover we got Apple TV Plus, we've got uh, Showtime, and we've mm-hmm. got Hulu. And we also have a little HBO Max. Maybe we'll mention a little bit of that. Um, maybe at the top here. But um, I don't think we've done... It's a, it, it, it might even be considered like a, a, a TV shmeebie. I don't know. What do you think, John? Does it qualify? I was thinking of this as the we need to talk about dot, dot, dot episode. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but at, since that's slightly glib about a very serious uh, topic that we're going to be talking about... I think that yes, this being a TV or it could be TV Schmeevy, and we'll we'll have to pull the number, which whatever, because we we did right, number the right, TV right. Schmeevies. Yeah. But TV Schmeevy colon, we have to talk about you know Cosby, uh, P- Pam and Tommy, yeah, <laughs> and Euphoria or whatever. But no, I yeah, think yeah, that yeah, yeah. I think that's a uh, yeah. This well, this is well, kind of a TV Schmeevy. If, right, if listeners right. are going are new to the show, that they don't know about that. That we used to sort of designate exactly. episodes that. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I mean. We kind of spread it all over the place the last couple episodes here and like beyond the, the prior one we talked mainly about scream but like you know all these catch-ups or we're just talking about everything we've been watching but this is kind of unique because this week our little checklist that we have like mostly all of it if not all of it really is different versions of a television series docuseries something yeah. like that so um what i thought was really cool because you know most of these um you know i guess with the exception of the cosby doc i, I think is that all coming out at one time or is that a weekly drop? That, that I'm not uh, sure. Know? I think After Party is a weekly drop after the first three that I think come out at once. Is that what they're Right, doing? I was going to say, After Party, Pam and Tommy are both first three and then weekly. And um, I wasn't sure about the Cosby series. And obviously, Euphoria is doing weekly drops. Yeah. Um, but it's the kind of thing where, like, you know, there's a bit of a entry point into some of these series where you get to like load up on what the story is going to be about. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if any of them that we discuss really interest you, you really can find them this weekend, uh, you know, in their entirety possibly, but at least, you know, with the first, even with the euphoria, if you're jumping in now, you've got three episodes of the second season, um, queued up waiting if you're behind, but yeah, Pam and Tommy and after party, um, both start off with the first three episodes. 
Looks like we need to talk about uh, Bill Cosby. Is going to be we need to talk about Cosby. It's going to be weekly though. It is weekly, first, okay? Yeah, which is cool because okay. it, it looks like they're trying to create a conversation around this, uh, kind of along the lines of uh, the R. Kelly doc, and which took the internet and by storm. You know, it was this yeah. jarring look at this man. And the one so I kept thinking of was the the Michael Jackson doc. That was that one too. Yeah, the too. Neverland. That one Neverland. too. Yeah, or, it does. It does some formal things that we'll talk about that that are different from the style of that, obviously. But just as far as like, here is a, you know, th- that was a two week thing, right? But it was it was something where they yeah. split it up and kind of. I think yeah. you're right. Kind of tried to create a a little bit of time to react and respond to it, and then and then finish it up, and that became incredibly yeah. divisive uh, once it was out. Um, I wonder what the I wonder what the feedback to to we we need to talk about Cosby is going to be because I do think there's still room for some people to say that it is biased in some way, but I think it goes out of its way to try to present of a, a spectrum of opinions, you know, about about that guy. So yeah, yeah. Um, you want to start light first? I feel yes. like we're going to get into the heavy. Yeah. Uh, so let's 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 go. Let's not get into drug abuse yet. Let's talk about a murder. Let's talk about a murder. Our, li- about our murder. lightest topic of the night, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Let's talk about murder and uh, sex tapes are, are a lighter topic. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah. the way that but the but the show is maybe heavy. So like yes, let's yes. Uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, about uh, the after party, which is sort of mm. a, I was thinking of it as kind of a Lord and Miller project, but it's really more of a Miller project with Lord kind of just lurking about. Um, but <laughs> but that's sort of the that's the pedigree of this one, right? I mean, that's the reason why yes. one would be excited yes. about this one would be the team behind it and the, the and the cast and the and cast. The cast. Oh, the cast is in, in, incredible, yes. But that cast working with creators that have such a conceptual handle on things and usually like a really smart funny way around an idea um yeah it was there was reason to be very hopeful about uh the after party i know when we last talked about it um we had all agreed that the first episode is is a little bit underwhelming and mm-hmm. steve was saying he enjoyed it but was was not as hyped on it as he thought he'd be where right. are we now that we've seen some more episodes of the after party um i'm in yeah. i i'm was a pretty big fan of it um now there's a term that gets thrown around willy nilly in in the industry, and that's genre bending. Um, this truly is a genre. What about bending. the term willy nilly? I thought the term <laughs> was awesome. willy nilly. Yeah, <laughs> willy and the nilly. Whole podcast, and... <laughs> pivoting. The whole podcast is going to be exploring that phrase. You know, it gets thrown around willy nilly. What <laughs> yeah, willy nilly? Yeah, willy nilly <laughs> and genre bending, and you know, you know what gets thrown around. So it's <laughs> yeah. like, uh, but yeah, truly, man, like this is one of those shows that you know. It, it doesn't, it's not perfect by any means, but if you want to experience something that feels very unique, especially with the with the the kind of whodunit dramas that exist in the world, I think After Party's a good palate cleanser, especially if you want some comedy involved to, to, to you know, if somebody's looking for something fun to watch, this will probably be the one that I suggest, even though it's about murder. Uh, yeah. So. I, I very much enjoyed uh, after the first episode because the first episode was very dry, very unassuming, and I thought it was going to kind of fall flat on his face. But you feel like even knowing what I mean, I think maybe some people aren't aware of like what the format of the show is going into mm-hmm. it. But I mean, I had read about it prior to that, so even kind of knowing that the episodes were breaking out 
as, you know, like different characters being interrogated and like what their story is of this night, you know, where one of their friends has died after a high school reunion. Um, even knowing that after the pilot, I just felt like the pilot, especially because the pilot focuses on Sam Richardson's character, who, you know, among this amazing cast, he's probably one of my favorites of the cast, yeah. um, which was kind of a little surprising to me. But then getting a few more episodes into the season, um, that character really kind of gets fleshed out and comes more alive that I felt was a little dry in that first episode, you know, kind of seeing how the other stories coming through and how they view what his character is doing in the background of their story. You know, it all kind of comes together really, it really well. And it's really quite funny. Um, but I haven't seen as probably as much as you guys have watched. I've only actually watched the first three episodes, just the ones that are coming out this week. And um, I kind of like, I kind of love, you know, how different the episodes feel, yeah. you know? And I think going from, you know, the first three episodes kind of focus on, um, Sam Richardson's character, Ike Barinholtz, and um, Ben Schwartz's characters. Yes. So, sir. yeah. So I, you know, and and I think the way that they kind of, you know, each of them kind of, you say genre bending. It, it really, literally, is that where like each of these episodes, each of these characters are kind of living inside of like their own version of, of their kind. That maybe maybe their favorite kind of movie, you know, mm -hmm. or favorite kind of show. You know, you have these rom coms, you have action movies. Uh, and you have like these very modern musicals with very hip pop songs, you know, like and the fact that you get to kind of follow that even through the point that I'm there with episode three. I I, I really like that about the show. And I really like how, mm -hmm. um, you know, each episode not only focuses on a character or the actor or actress that, you know, is like just a great part of an ensemble cast. But I really thought it was kind of smart to kind of make each episode feel like a different genre of living inside of a murder mystery kind of thing. And um, yeah, I'm very excited to watch more episodes. I, you know, I'm probably going to watch it. I, I've kind of found this thing. I don't know if you, if you guys can relate to this. I kind of have like backed myself into a corner a little bit with some of these shows that we get early access to yes. where like I consume it all, but then they don't let us see the finale yeah. until like when it airs or like the week of its airing. Like I felt that way about Peacemaker and I kind of like I, I had seen at one point the finale of this was available to us, but I think it's since been pulled from the app. So like I'm, I'm deciding whether I, I consume these shows all up front or not, because it kills right. me to wait. The same thing happened with Only Murderers in the Building. Like mm -hmm. I, I watched it all and it was like, oh, my God, like a month and a half from now, <laughs> I got to wait and go back right. and be as excited about this finale. But um. So, yeah, with this one, I might kind of space it out and watch it, you know, as they air to kind of keep current with what people are talking about. But, um, yeah, in general, this is like a really cool show. And I mean, you know, Lord Miller, like you said, John, uh, even though only like really it's like half of them doing this one in terms of directing. But the cast is great. I find it to be actually really funny. And uh, even without seeing, you know, probably three or the four ep uh, episodes that we do have access to, but. I just feel like, you know, starting that off, like Sam Richardson, Ike Barinholtz and Ben Schwartz as the first three focus. Like those are like, I love all three of those people, yeah. you know, and then that's not even getting into Alana Glazer or like uh, who else uh, more with Dave Franco or um, Tiffany Haddish. And uh, what's the other detective's name? Uh, John, John Early. John Early. Like from from Search Party. Yes. He's like just an amazing cast. Man. He's like, like one so of the best. Engaging. He's, but he's like almost like a modern version of an old-fashioned sitcom star where it's like, here's a person that's like heightened at all times, 
but mm-hmm. like an expert line deliverer. He he is yeah, so yeah. good at like the delivery and the way this character on uh, the after party is a little bit more dopey than his kind of scenester uh, guy that he plays on the search party show. But like, it's funny that's after party and search party, and I I probably will slip up at some point and call one show the other thing. <laughs> but um, I I just want to double back. I think we all are feeling largely the same way on this one. This is fun, and it does have a lot of thought that goes into it. And that first episode, it's like. It's a little laborious. It overexplains this idea that I think we all already have, but maybe the show does need to lay it out. But it overexplains yeah, yeah. a little bit this idea that we're all the, the the main character in our own movie is what people say, you know. Yeah. And 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 so if you take that as the concept, it's a familiar idea to many murder mysteries or just different movies over the years where they've said we're going to get into different accounts and see how they differ, you know, or or at least crime stories have taken that approach before. But doing it with with the comic verve and with the idea that it's actually going to be in the genre, like shot and and like staged in the style of the genre, and that when the episode right. starts, you kind of... It reminds me of watching Community, how sometimes it would just be like, you would be able to tell within a couple minutes what kind of genre pastiche you were getting and like what world you were in. Oh, this is an action movie. Oh, this is a cop movie. You right. know, um, and that show did that a lot over the years. And I think this show has some of that similar DNA to it. It's just, it's going to be smart. It's going to have, uh, what's cool is this sort of very modern, very young cast, uh, you know, now they're kind of comedy vets, a lot of them, but they are skewing younger, you know, like we're going down from people, uh, the, the, the different generations of comedy stars, you know, come along and then they become kind of middle-aged and i do feel like this is like a bunch of relatively fresh faces that it's still fun to see do something of of this scale and ben schwartz is just like his especially once it really gets going with him and sam richardson their interplay together is really funny and um I think it is interesting what you say about Sam Richardson. He's kind of been like a secret weapon in comedies for a while. And now that he's been in the center of a few things, I do think it takes a minute maybe for people to figure out how to use him when he's delivering more than just a few lines. Because he has kind of a funny, fussy comic energy that even when he's playing a regular guy, he's a little bit uptight. He's so he's just like any comedy actor, that, you know, that you plug them in and their 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 natural tendencies have to become kind of part of the joke. Mm-hmm. I really think as this show goes on and you get more background on how he ended up in the state he was when we kind of meet him at the beginning of this, it the humor of that becomes increased, you know. And also yeah. the fact that he starts off with all this marker stuff drawn on his face and it kind of slowly fades over what we're seeing, but we're, they, you know, he's got like a little kitty nose still, uh, in most of his scenes. I just think that's a very funny touch. And I think, yeah, he, he really is like increasingly good as the shows go on, especially as you see how in everybody's account, everybody's acting a little different than they do. And it's like, everybody has a different view of everybody. And so in one, one episode, a character will come off very pushy and like they're gregarious. And another episode, if we're getting that person's point of view, they're presented much more even handedly or whatever. So I think that all that stuff is funny and well done. And I think Ike Barinholtz's episode has that scene at the urinals. That's one of the stupidest things I've ever seen, but it had me laughing pretty hard. I don't know. I just think that, yeah, I think it just hits on a lot of levels once it gets going. And you're right, Steve, the the next episode you'll see is, I guess this is, you know, hopefully we're not killing things, but it's Lana Glazer's episode. And you definitely, you go into a deeper, different part of the story that you really haven't seen anything about. And they still have room to grow. Uh, There's, I think, eight episodes in the season. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty hooked, but I, I kind of did the same thing you did, Steve. I put the brakes on after watching four of them that I was just mm. like, you know, I kind of want to sit down and savor this because it, it does feel like one that maybe binging, you know, you, you just might miss some of the kind of 
cleverness of it if you're if you're yeah. rushing. I definitely think it's drafting on the kind of success you might call it of only murders in the building at this point. Like the opening theme music and opening sequence, it might be totally coincidental, but it totally feels like it knows, oh, we are now in the kind of genre of this people are liking this now. So it might just be one of those times where different studios produce two things that are kind of similar in their spirit. But this idea of kind of a lighthearted murder mystery that blends like the, the modern sitcom style with, uh, you know, that that kind of involved story where you actually are wondering who, like, it's a, it's a solid whodunit uh, in, in some cases. Yeah. And so I think, you know, I am interested to know just what happened as well as I'm interested to see what kind of jokes and genre stuff comes from it so cool uh, i really loved uh ben schwartz's the first song in his episode about how you only get your you only get your one shot twice or something twice. like that yeah. <laughs> that was just really funny and catchy and actually I, I i felt like what is this making me think and i was like oh this is almost like flight of the concords level like i would listen to this song isolated from this from this show and enjoy the sort of the, con the conceit of the song this idea yeah. of getting one shot twice you know <laughs> And then Hamilton. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Hamilton. Oh, right. But 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 I'm just saying, like, as far as like the level of the comedy and the joke oh, writing right, within right, the right, lyrics, right. it's like it's it's that good of a pastiche that it actually it, it works as kind of a, a standalone song. Plus, if you follow Benny Schwaz, you know he loves to sing. And so yeah, yeah. like it really feels like a perfect way to use him. And like I said, his scenes with Sam Richardson as they get into the kind of more mystery caper, the, the stuff they're doing in the house to try to listen in and stuff. That stuff is just really stupid and fun. It's so funny. So yes. funny. He is, man. Uh, yeah, so that comes out today. If you listen to the podcast on Friday, drops on Apple TV Plus. The first three episodes of the after party um, is available if, you, if you're on there. Um, what do you guys want to jump into next? Well, you guys have watched Euphoria, and I have not caught up on that yet. But we can we could maybe devote. I'm a not time. on season two, but I just started season one. And I'm yeah, on like I had I had mentioned six. like on our thread that like I I was curious if either of you were were up to date on Euphoria because I kind of like had fallen behind for the second season. Um, but it, I caught up this week, and you know, and Ronald, you kind of like took it as a, a note to like let's get started. You, you jumped yeah. into it. Yeah, I mean. A lot of things are clicking with me and and, and my perception of Zendaya, Zendaya, Zendaya. Um, I think it's Zendaya. And, uh, Zendaya. Zendaya's performance in general uh, and everything I've seen her in has always been good, even from the kids shows that she's been into to now. But I yeah. think what's happened is I, I this is hard, man. And it's I have bias when it comes to like kid actors. Like, I, I think it took me a like while. Like the Disney to, kid actor style of yeah, acting. Yeah, yeah. It took me a while to start taking her seriously in that way. Because I remember her when she was like, I remember her way before all that stuff. So, like, when everybody's like, oh, dead. oh, my God. I remember her from all, like, goofy kid stuff. So, like, it took me a while to see her as an adult. And then once I did, I really started to pay attention to the stuff that she's done. And I saw, you know, the the John David Washington movie that she did with the producers of Euphoria. So I'm like, this is stylized and beautiful and all this stuff. If, if one more person talks about this, I'm going to have to check out Euphoria. Lo and behold, Steve fucking, I didn't know that he was a <laughs> Euphoria guy. And yeah. I, I gave it a watch, man. It's, it's like kids on steroids. Um, and, I mean, for anybody that doesn't know, Kids is like a, a movie that came out in the 90s with a bunch of relatively unknown actors and actresses 
uh, Chloe Sevigny, uh, Rosario Dawson, um, mm-hmm. a couple others. And it was about kids that got in trouble, which was crazy. And it had an awful ending. But Euphoria lets you know that kids are into very different things than they were when we were were younger. It is a different world. We're dealing with different things. And you know how people say nothing's new under the sun? Stupid people say that because that's not true. There are many new things under the sun. They're always being reinvented. There's new stuff all the time. In fact, I found out about it so much through Euphoria and other things like (laughs) happenstance, talking to friends of you know, all of our friends have some of them. If you know, if, if they had kids and are you know in high school or after, have like teenagers or twenty year olds or 21, 23, 24, You know, depending on you know when they they had a kid. So, um, yeah. it's it's interesting to really hear and see the things that kids have to deal with now versus what we had to do. John, if you slipped on something and fell down, if I slipped and fell on fell down, Steve, if you slipped and fell down, that would be it. But here they they play it. They'd have some music behind it. They'd have you fall down into a pit in the hell. They'd have a hashtag for you. They'd have signs for you when you came. You'd be made into a meme. It's just a different world that we live in. And yeah. Euphoria does a really cool job of bridging the gap in a cool way. So um, I'm hooked, man. And I hate that you got me hooked on this show. So I'm hooked. Yeah, I feel like. You know, it's it's Euphoria is like a weird thing because I remember watching the show. Uh, like it, it kind of got the COVID kind of screwed up the whole trajectory of this show, mm. among many other shows, obviously. Right, right. But this was a show that like kind of gained a lot of steam during its first season, and then that in between, you know, Zendaya like goes and wins an Emmy for this show, and like it's kind of and. You know, being delayed a whole year, they had a couple episodes come out that were like special episodes about Rue oh, okay. and Jules, like kind of where they were in between these two seasons, which I thought actually were really good and interesting. Um, but it was really kind of contained, focused on them, obviously shot during COVID and things like that. Um, they were kind of like therapy sessions for the two characters, to okay. kind of bridging the two seasons. Um, so, yeah, again, like, you know, kind of coming late to season two a little bit, being able to watch the first three episodes was nice kind of just catching up and reminding me where all these characters were that I, I feel like it's been like two years, you know, like plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I think, um, you know, the, the, I remember seeing that film assassination nation that Sam Levinson did uh, a couple of years ago and, mm-hmm. you know, it's hyper stylized. That's one of the things I mentioned, you know, on our thread that like kind of turned some people off from the show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably some of its bi- biggest criticism is just kind of like style over substance in some ways. Um, but I think that personally that the show has enough of a large cast, different kinds of actors, different kinds of characters, you know, even in some version of a high school world that I have no relation to anymore. You know what I mean? Like what what this looks like on, you know, in this town with these people and what these people look like, what they do, where they come from, you know, their backstories. It's, it's not so relatable for me, but just as a slice of what a high school life probably does look like in some places, you know, and in this day and age, like you said, you know, the impact of social media and like what it means um, to, you know, a a teenager's day-to-day life. And, you know, it's just kind of crazy to think about that, Mm. but 
catching up on the show is great because I mean, again, I get to jump in and see these characters that I love, especially Rue. Uh, Zendaya is just amazing. I love her. She's amazing. Um, I didn't love Malcolm and Marie like as a movie, but I thought she was phenomenal in it. Who mm-hmm. Sam Levinson also did that um, with John David Washington, but it's just like one of these auteur shows where like the credits pop and it's like written, directed, produced, executive produced Sam Levinson. Like it's, this is his show. Um, so it's like, you kind of like that style of, you know, writing and, and, and the look of the show. Cause it does look a lot like, you know, assassination nation and even some pieces of the way that, you know, Malcolm and Marie are shot. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got a lot of that. Um, but I, I really love this show. I mean, like, you know, again, it's mainly around the cast and around like just the kind of the paths that these characters go down, you know, however dramatic they are. Um, there's a lot of characters that I've really liked in season one that seem to be getting more uh, attention in season two. Like you were mentioning Fezco and Ash or, or Ashtray, like the, the two you know drug dealers from season one. So good. Um, they, they definitely kind of are more prominent at least in the first three episodes so far, but it's just it's like one of those heartbreaking things to see like a character like Rue who you just like you love and you want to root for, but you you just they just can't get out of their own way. Um, mm. And, you know, no matter how much like support and, and people that prop them up and try to make them succeed, it's like just tragic, you know, and uh, yeah. you can kind of already see some of those pieces coming together for this season, unfortunately. But, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a great show. Like week over week, it seems like it's gaining more steam as the season's rolling along. Um, just a beautiful cast. Um, just, I think it's a beautifully shot show. I, 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 I'm kind of a sucker for the way it looks. I mean, like I love, I love how sl- quote unquote slick it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's the HBO. That's that's the HBO proper. It's on HBO Max, obviously, but it's an HBO Sunday. You know how they got that Sunday lockdown going? It's a, uh, it's one of their Sunday shows. But so far, season three is great. Uh, I can't wait to see this weekend's episode, but. Uh, yeah, Euphoria is on Sunday night. Yeah, we'll 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 follow up once we've all caught up yeah, on the whole thing because it definitely has sure. intrigued me. And I don't know whatever it is about the content, it seems uh, intense or heavy or or something. But the more I hear about it, I realize that there's all kinds of stuff going on with this show that is is I don't know. It just it, it seemed kind of grim to me when I first yeah, started same. seeing it. But I think it might sound more. It's got more of a cast of characters than I realized. You know, and that right. That, a lot of times that's the heart of a good show. I know that sounds obvious, but just a, a, a show with a, like, especially HBO, you can every now and then end up with something where you, you're you kind of watching it going, I can't believe they've got this much, <laughs> this much going on, you know, yes. uh, under the hood in a, in a show. So, yeah. Why don't you, you guys want to get into the Cosby series? Yeah, we really should. This is a difficult. Yeah. This is a difficult subject and a difficult thing to watch in some ways. Um, and I also thought, though, it was really cathartic. Might be a strong word to use, but definitely something that made me feel like, oh, I've I've been able. to... There's a pressure release valve that we have around Bill Cosby in this culture. And if you go back to um, when we were talking about, maybe it was documentaries or. Uh, nonfiction movies or something that one of my picks at some point was Bill Cosby himself, the, uh, the comedy film, the famous Bill Cosby, I believe it was an HBO thing. Um, but at least that's where I saw it. And that's where we taped it when I was a kid and where we watched that tape until it wore out and everyone in the house knew all of his routines by heart. And of course, then the Cosby show came out and used that material. So that was like when he went into this period of being kind of America's dad and, 
um, you know, for all the good he did in his career and all the good he did for people, um, obviously we know that he's also accused of raping, drugging and raping upwards of 60 women. And yeah. I mean, this is a very difficult thing to try to absorb about any one person, but especially someone who had such a specific impact, um, and especially for his his what his career and his life meant to black people. Um, I think this documentary, the series, it's a four hour documentary, essentially split up over four episodes by uh, uh, W. Kamau Bell. It really tries to tackle all the stuff that I just said. So if you're wanting to have that conversation or wanting to just see people hash these, these things out in a way that might satisfy you on some philosophical level, just that this conversation is happening, I think this this show really does all that and more. Um, but yeah, it's a ride. It definitely will take you through some some pretty dark emotions. How did how did you react to this, uh, Ronald? I mean, it was it was really emotional. I mean. Um... My wife was in tears. Uh, she and lots of our friends went to historically black colleges solely because of uh, Cosby Show in a Different World. Now, one thing that documentaries do, you know, I, I don't like most documentaries. I have to be completely honest. But what they do sometimes is they scrape the information. It's kind of like an aggregator. And, and they get like lots of things that you haven't connected with each other and tries to connect them in a way that, you know, you may not have remembered that you heard about 20 people during the course of your, you know, however long you've been alive, or, you know, you may not remember that you heard about 15 people, 20 people, or even 40 people during the course of our lives, but you probably have heard about at least 20 of his victims during the course of your adult life, right? And to hear these stories, and, you know, I, I, I've, I've, I've been kind of unpeeling sort of whatever masculinity is over the last couple of years. And look, at the beginning of the podcast, we have said and done things that uh, are very different than we would do now. Yes. But that's different than what I've what I'd been exposed to when hearing about some of the Cosby stuff, because like some of it is like jokingly the way the way that we talk about, like attractiveness of a person. Right. Versus people creating equations of people's trauma, like being like, you know, they were in this place, so they did this, so they deserve this thing, right? And that's something I've never had in my vocabulary. I've never had it in my psyche because my parents kind of laid it out for me pretty early that like, you know, there, there are most people that are victims of this, all of them, are undeserving, you know, like, let's just, let's just say all, like, there's no one deserves this sort of treatment at all, ever in this right. lifetime deserves what happened to them, right? And so because of that, you know, I've always been on the side of these women. And I know a lot of people around me, and I, and I you know, I, it's not anybody in this conversation that I know will take fr from this that, like, it's a setup. It's a conspiracy. I don't understand why this is happening. But I know a lot of people also that will see this information and say, man, I never thought about all this stuff together. And there are, like, people thought that it was just white women. There are, there are some black women in this equation. There are some Asian women in this equation. There are people of all race, shapes, and sizes throughout uh, 50 years or so mm -hmm. that have been victimized. So when you see all that stuff kind of aggregated together, with also some, believe it or not, there's balance in it of them kind of being like, this is what he contributed to 
the industry. This is what he contributed for black arts, to, to cinema, to all these cool, amazing things does not negate that he's done these things. So right. people have to kind of get out of their heads a motion of how much you love a person versus what they're capable of. Those are two totally different things. And that conflation sometimes can get very nasty and weird. And people say things publicly that they may not, they may not age well. And um, it messed me up, man. It honestly messed me up. And I could tell that by talking to you, John, that you, you had a similar sort of feeling. Yeah. I mean, that we all were sort of complicit in, like, buying into the myth around this guy. You know what I mean? The the idea that what he had created around himself was definitely sort of a distortion field around some of the things he was doing. And of course, it sounds from all accounts, there were people that were close to him that knew what was going on or knew some degree of what was going on all along. And there was some hush-hush. There was a lot of stuff on the sets he worked on that was like, oh, maybe that people witnessed some of the stories that you hear and, and some of the right. women ha have accounts yeah. that clearly there were other people involved in witnesses, but maybe nobody was putting it all together. Maybe nobody was really accounting for it, or maybe we just were a little bit more under the spell of the idea of the sort of great man, you know, the, yeah. the genius that we put up with. And I think that we've talked about this in a lot of different ways. And recently, this Joss Whedon story that that ran that people probably either read or heard people talking about had a similar effect, a different, different quality of like what he's being accused of. But just these narcissistic men, they set themselves up for such success in our hearts and minds, because part of what they do is, is capitalize on the effect they have the, the way that they can galvanize us, the things they do that are legitimately good or great or smart or whatever, uh, or humanistic or whatever it is that attracts you to an artist. Um, and then, of course, Bill Cosby giving millions of dollars to some of the colleges you're talking about, Ronald, and like just being this inspirational sort of figure. And we all felt it curdle a little bit, though, when he kind of became the spokesman for oh. the right way to live. Like, I remember when he started giving those speeches where he would talk about uh, pull up your pants and start speaking English and all that kind of yes. trash. And it's like, I remember when the culture kind of bent away from him a little bit. It was, yeah. you know, the, doc the documentary addresses that. It also addresses Eddie Murphy's famous routine, uh, you know, tell Bill to have a Coke and a smile and shut up uh, or shut the fuck up. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I edited that. But I mean, like, we all quoted that line. We all know that that was, that was in the early 80s, mid 80s, that Eddie Murphy was making this comment yeah. uh, that this guy was kind of a hypocrite. So I think it's like when I mentioned Joss Whedon, I think that it's the hypocrisy that really bugs us about some of these people that puffed themselves up because. They had different degrees, and I'm not saying it's a hypocrisy that bugs us more than the rape. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that, like, I think what really strikes a fears, like, in our hearts about just believing in anybody anymore is the fact that this this malignant narcissism can make someone, like, even better at winning your heart and getting in your mind and everything. And it's the very thing they're going to weaponize against people to do these horrible acts. And in the case of Bill Cosby, they say it in the doc too, but I was thinking it before this point gets made. If we know about upwards of 60, we can just about double or maybe even triple that number over 50 years and say there were a lot of women who just woke up feeling like, what did I drink? And don't have yeah. any memory of the night or people who don't want to come forward. Um, so I think that this idea of listening to victims so that people aren't afraid to come forward. To me, that's always been a very clear 
line that we can draw, that we can just say we're going to live. That doesn't mean that we take every account that every person speaks out as that's the absolute gospel truth. It doesn't mean that you need 60 women, though, in order to have uh, uh, the tide turn against someone either. You know what I mean? Like, there's so much, and it's all uneasy, and it's all kind of unresolved. And anything we say right now is we're just kind of hashing through things that this documentary actually addresses. And I think that's what impressed me so much about it, was that it really manages to address a lot of the concerns you might have. And in that way, it's different from the Finding Neverland uh, yeah. uh, thing, because that was very pointedly a choice was made from the documentarians to say that we're going to focus on the victims' accounts and we're not going to introduce any other information. But this, because it's more people that are talking after the fact, you get people's opinions about... You get some people saying, you know, it took me a while before I realized I should believe these women. It took me a oh. while before I realized my personal experience with Bill Cosby d didn't didn't override this. And some of that you might say, oh, I, that, I can't believe that person admitted that, that they, yeah. they knew about some of this and they still love the guy. But then I go, you know what, I like how honest this documentary is because there is this cultural attachment to him. And the documentary is not afraid to point out that, like, there's a suspicion on the behalf of, of, of all black people anytime a lot of white women accuse a black man of rape or of sexual yeah. impropriety of some sort. There's like a cultural reaction against that because that was used in the past so nefariously by, by law, you know, but people in the law that were trying to peg people and like, we're going to pin this on you, you know? So it's like... I like that it addressed that, too, because you always have to account for that, how race in America is this completely fucked up thing, and how even someone like Bill Cosby is not immune to that racism, in, in, even in this, you know, this, this culture that claims it's a meritocracy. You know, it reveals itself to really be more corrupt than that um, all the time. So I, I don't know. I think that there is something, there's something very American about this documentary and it addresses something, you know, racism in America, it is, it's part of our story and race can't be separated from almost anything in America, if you're really being honest about it. So right. I think that, I don't know, to me, this just felt like, like I said, I've been kind of dancing around calling it like good or, or entertaining or enjoyable, but I do think satisfying or cathartic, it, it did leave me. I mean, I was kind of a wreck when this thing was over and I was really looking forward to getting a chance to kind of at least vent with somebody about it. I want to add one little thing though, Ronald, and this is just kind of a note that I had in my head. He seemed like such a control freak and maybe increasingly in his own little world, like the, you get the idea that he just doesn't permit anybody telling him anything or but that he doesn't want to hear you know what i mean yes uh, there's 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 a show they're talking about how nbc was 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 talking with him about it doing a new show when all this hit and then that deal fell apart mm. and i thought to myself what kind of a nightmare would it have been for any producers to work with him on a new sitcom in whatever year Awful. it would have been. But it's like, imagine how controlling and out of touch he would have been, and, and probably monstrous he would have been, even just on set. He really seems like a very imperious guy. And there is something kind of intimidating about him. Throughout the doc, I'm reminded that that whole America's Dad thing, it wasn't just because he was cuddly that we called him that. It was also because when he got that serious face and kind of leaned in, you felt like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to yeah. get blasted, you know? So I can't imagine so what working with him and giving him notes on his performance or his ideas would be like, uh, uh, yeah. you know, it's the nightmare. So when so Aaron graduated from Hampton University in two thousand, well, I should say a year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, two thousand something. <laughs> Cosby Cosby spoke at her graduation. 
And his speech was, mm. I, I basically was like, I, I'm worried about you guys. So I met Aaron eight years ago. One of our first dates, she talked about how it destroyed her to have a graduation where you, you have fought to get to the end and you have a bachelor's degree and a man gets up and shits on you for 45 minutes straight, telling you how awful you are. You're going to get pregnant early. You're going to get the drugs. Wow. You, you're having premarital sex. It's like something is wrong with, and I know that some of the, tr some of that comes from losing his son under horrible circumstances. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But maybe he should have gotten some therapy about that. Maybe he should have bounced some of that stuff with a with a therapist instead of trying to talk it out on stage and making these like harsh assumptions about large groups of people that just aren't true on the whole. Like it just right. poor assessments of black people. Um at, at a pivotal moment in their lives too. At a pivotal moment. And then he kept doing it. And then he went on like right. a, a tour, right. man. So so there was a moment in the documentary that sat with me so hard that that maybe won't affect everybody the same way, but you got to understand what somebody being victimized by him means or anyone that's a victim of a sexual assault feels like the lack of sympathy is, is just heavy, man. People just doubt if you've been assaulted. That just is the, that is mm -hmm. the, surface level right you and i've noticed that your proximity to the victim truly defines how you feel about it but it should never be like that chris spencer a comedian who used to host a late night show vibe it's oh god from the 90s i'm showing my age chris spencer is talking and he, and he brings up that he golfs with beverly johnson and Beverly Johnson, he believed he believed Bill Cosby up until this point. But then when he heard her talk, it hit him. A switch went off. And I don't want and why I'm saying that is I, I, I hope and pray that no one on this earth has to go through a situation where you have a switch go off in your head because of proximity to to you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I want everybody to just know that they, know that if somebody had the the bravery to say that they've been victimized, that they've been victimized. Just assume that they've been victimized. Don't try to do any invest. You're not an investigator. You aren't mm -hmm. a detective. Fucking take people for their word, especially adults. You know, like it, it it's fucking crazy, man. Like and kids. I mean, obviously anybody, but like it's it's it is infuriating to hear the way that people talk about victim victimhood and well i mean I, people people always act like the knee jerk reaction that there's some that there's some immediate gain that you would get from it and if you actually look at the story of someone who's gone through it you realize that someone would have to be pathological to crave that kind of attention and to actually get something positive from it. Because what your life gets turned inside out and people take sides against you. And a lot of people want to come at you and say, well, come on. And like you said, in this case, what were you doing going there? Why were you with him? Well, you know, you, you know, you'd heard the stories. Why did you take right. those pills? I mean, because frequently he's giving someone a pill, um, a pill they think is going to like give them a buzz, not a pill they think is going to knock them out, you know? Yeah. And, and again, it's not to say that, 
Um, like there's a pretty good point made in this thing about rape drugs. There's a chemist, I think, who says, um, you know, th- there are rape drugs. There are drugs people can put in your drink that can knock you out and make you extremely susceptible and very vulnerable. But that he said the worst thing in that situation is that you're with a rapist. He said, it's not a drug that makes you get raped. It's, you know, the alcohol is as big of a problem as anything with regards to this kind of stuff. A lot of sexual assault happens when people are drunk. So, like, blaming the drugs or focusing on the rape drug gives people kind of an easy thing to say, well, we've got to watch. Make sure someone doesn't slip something into your drink. Make sure someone doesn't, you know, hand you a drink that you didn't see them pour, that kind of thing. But realistically, it's like, and also just, you know... it's it's it like you can't victim blame in this situation it's like you really just have to look at young men and say don't rape you know don't stop rape. stop rape there's no way to do that though i mean obviously this is a problem that's been going on forever and it's such it's just so sad and the, the accounts if the, the the women in this doc when they tell their stories it really slows down and lets them tell their stories you get the sense that some of them don't want to relive it on camera and some of them do and i think it does a nice way of it's like it's it's very tastefully done the way that it mixes in some people's accounts and other people, they talk about other issues around it, but you don't feel like it's just hitting you over and over again with these horrible, horrible stories, but you do have to hear a few of them kind of in detail to understand the scope of what he was doing. And I will say also, remember um, how in I'll Be Gone in the Dark, how there was a lot of focus on like survivors and uh, maybe even the lives of people who've picked them up. And there's in that, there was particularly, there was an older couple that had oh, yeah. been a victim of this. And they, obviously their relationship had held strong. So many of these people have relationships that fall apart or their lives are very troubled. Um, there was a very similar vibe to the way this documentary treated the victims that were speaking, which is to say they were given, a, a, there was space was given for them just to talk about their human experience beyond the thing that happened to them. And there's one in particular who we get to see that kind of relationship with a spouse that is the kind of thing that might save someone uh, or give someone the strength or help them find the strength to carry on. There, there was a, do you know the scene I'm talking about, Ronald, where it's like, oh man, that. And it just made me think, thank God people have people in their lives. I know that's such a broad yes. thought, but I just was like, oh, it just was, I mean, again, it, it's it's hard to say you can find a ray of sunshine in this thing, but seeing that some of these people have support or are able just to be strong enough and kind of pick themselves up and put themselves back together. But particularly that scene where there's a, a woman who, uh, one of the victims whose husband, you see what a role he played in like encouraging her to to tell her story and to stand by her. It it. It yeah, it just it kind of brings it home in a in a different way. Yeah, it, the the hurt in his eyes, you know, just believe people, man. If they say that they've been assaulted, just believe them. I just I cannot stress that enough. It's it's a heavy duty documentary with a lot of nuance, and um, yeah, that scene that John is talking about is the icing on the cake. You know, you need a good support system. And you need people that believe you and you need people around you that will let you know that this thing won't define you as a person. Right. You know, and and I feel like without the proper help, I could see something like that just breaking someone, you know, mm-hmm. um, if, if you have the, if you have the it's stamina, I know because it's like, it, it is. Truly, it's it's a, it's a thing of stamina. If you could stomach this, 
I'd say give it a give it a watch. It is powerful and it really gives you some perspective. There's literally new information in this documentary that's nowhere else. Cool little factoids about him that really is it, it's interesting, man. It's interesting. And, um, and and it will make it will make it hurt again too because yeah. you do get especially in the first episode it reminds the shit out of like reminds the shit out of you I don't know if you can use that, that oh yeah, yeah I know what you're saying um, <laughs> but like it reminds you of it it's not afraid to remind you of all the stuff we thought was great about this guy and like it does make you realize how I mean again it's like I said before it's like you're realizing oh shit the thing that made him so cool is part of what made him able to do this like even when he was donating millions to colleges and he was doing all this important stuff that was very human humanitarian in its nature he was in some way he was puffing up his own legend when he was doing that so it's very hard i mean it's not to say that people shouldn't still feel the benefit of what he's done that was good but it's very hard to like see that as like a pure benefit now you look at now him and go okay maybe there was some he was there was some narcissistic need he was feeding in himself in addition to doing things that were helpful, but it just makes the whole thing feel tainted in some in some very sad way. That yeah. like it still doesn't erase the good that came from it, but it just complicates things. Yeah, it's it's uh it's very sad, and uh, and I think if we haven't turned you off from watching it <laughs> with all this kind of heavy talk, I do think uh, like Ronald said, it's the kind of thing that you should probably make some time for because there's probably not a person listening that doesn't have some meaning in their mind attached to Bill Cosby. Maybe if you're younger, you don't understand just how huge the guy was, but this show will, this will give you, like it will actually mention the time when he had a cartoon on Saturday morning. He was on every commercial. He was like doing Kodak and Jell-O and uh, Coca-Cola and uh, also had one of the biggest sitcoms in the world that ran for, you know, eight years or whatever. So, you know, he was everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and I hope that, you know, I know that my wording probably wasn't perfect at all on any level, but I, oh. hope, I hope you get that, you know, it's, I, I, we don't condone that sort of behavior. It's just a really wild, emotional roller coaster, man. And, you know, I hope that it creates some dialogue and also defines what rape is. Can we, can, we need to, yeah. we need to also figure that out. Cause you could say stop raping, but in some people's minds, they, they imagine it being this like person in a dark alley jumping on someone, you know, versus some of the means that Cosby took to take advantage of people. Right. Someone we, you trusted or someone who has yes. power over you or whatever the social yeah, dynamics yeah. are. are yeah. We we need a we need a proper gauge on what assault is. Like universally, everybody has to be taught what that is. And and I feel like people have taken advantage of people with the idea that I'm not this sort of person. I'm not Bill Cosby. I have not done this thing. When in fact you have taken advantage of someone. You have used your power to get things. You have, you know, so that should help create some dialogue. And I hope it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we need to talk about Cosby. See it if and, that, and, and that's coming this weekend. Yeah, views on Showtime, right? First episode, I believe. Is yeah, what first comes episode. Up. Yeah, we mentioned it earlier. Showtime does seem to be kind of doing that. They're doing like that weekly thing. We talked about it like yes. I think a week or two ago, like with Yellow Jackets and Dexter. Like they're they're truly sticking to this once a week 
trying yeah. to create a conversation, the water cooler talk kind of thing, like weekly kind of make that go. So, well, I mean, yeah, everyone, very, I, I, everyone was yeah. very positive on Dexter, but those other two shows you mentioned, Steve, those have been, I mean, like, well, I, I'm assuming this one will be. I just feel like people are going to be talking about it. But Yellow Jackets has been a water cooler show. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, it's like for sure. mission accomplished if that's what they're trying to do. And that's, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You look at some of these things that actually catch on and or build week over week. And you're like, okay, well, this is why that works. You know, when you have the goods, yeah. it does work and it sustains it. And like a show like that really kind of swelled over the course of two months where you have some shows that are really incredible shows. But, you know, when they're all available... And it's a, I don't know where I fall in it now because I, I, you know, shows like I, I always think of Stranger Things, you know, because it's like that thing, the Netflix, you know, the, these landmark shows that they have, they they come out and like they burn so fast that like they're like they what so everyone fast. talks about for precisely seven days. And then yeah. it's like what happened? And yet you uh, also feel like Stranger Things part of, I think the binge is part of my uh, association with that like i think of that as the show that like my family goes all right everybody synchronize your watches you know get get hydrated totally agree we're gonna watch as many as we can before we crash and when we get up in the morning we're gonna bang out some more like so (laughs) i do think there's something about it like i don't want to see them lose that but i do think that some of these shows i mean we've seen it too much with all these you know the marvel things even the 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 star wars stuff that these shows good or bad the conversation lingers about them uh, much more. I mean, it's the obvious effect of being weekly, but it's it's true. It really does work to give them a little bit more space in people's minds. But I feel like Stranger Things is the kind of show where I kind of want them to, maybe they'll do a broken in half season or something like they have they seem to like to do now. Like, have you seen Ozark yet, season four? No, I haven't watched okay. it yet. Yeah, we, we kind of- I saw that it was like part one and part two, kind of broken yeah. it up. And, and it, it's definitely, it ends at a good cliffhanger, but it feels like the middle of a season. It doesn't feel like the end of a short season. It feels like right. a story that right. would have had more completion if it were a season. So um, if you're an Ozark fan, there's definitely some big moves that happen in this in this batch of episodes. But it is a like, I look to see when the next batch comes out, and they don't even have a date for it. And I was like, oh, that's kind of, that's kind of lousy, you know? But I guess we're just going to yeah. have to accept yeah. that that's the way they want to do it now. It's weird because, like, I don't know, before we get into the last show yeah. we're going to talk about, but it's it's interesting, like, the Netflix of it all, because of how much Netflix has been in the news this past week or so, um, like, with their earnings report and, like, subscriber count coming in and, like, what's happening on the stock market. Like, mm-hmm. the more I think about Netflix, it's, it's, it is shows, like, looking forward, what does Netflix look like versus the last, like, three to four years? Because, like, we're talking about two shows that we just mentioned that, are nearing the end of their run, you know, in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm, and, yeah. you know, what does Netflix have in terms of like their homegrown shows that are like that, that they would call like, you know, the, their, their, their brand, like st- the staples, like, I don't know what the right word, like their landmark shows, like their, you know, the ones that people think of and you think, you know, Ozark is definitely one of them. And, you know, it's at, you know, halfway through the final season that, you know, that's available. And like I think Stranger Things maybe has two seasons left, um, including mm-hmm. the one coming up. And you know, looking ahead, it's like you know a lot of the shows that are like their landmark shows. You know, like I guess the first thing that they kind of promote is like Squid Game. You know, and um, these shows that they're giving like two, three, four seasons to don't seem to be as big as the shows that we are talking about. You know, or like right. they don't really have the the impact or like that ability to kind of like infiltrate the pop culture 
like some of these other shows have. So it's very, I'm very curious to see what the next couple of years look like at Netflix, like with these kinds of shows coming, you know, like even like Narcos ending and, um, mm-hmm. you know, whatever those shows were of that, of that like five year run where like there were these like really huge things. Um, obviously they're in the Mike Flanagan business. So that's exciting. Um, mm-hmm. for some of that stuff coming out but yeah i don't know uh not that we're talking about netflix on this on this podcast that much but uh, i do want to check out ozark hopefully this weekend you always sneak in there netflix we always end up talking about you you anyway you can't not talk about the leader i guess uh (laughs) arguably the leader in this in this industry now but right but but one one service that is really doing some fun stuff is hulu and i think it's kind of like we we, we've kind of we've kind of mentioned that a couple times on the podcast we've all kind of championed something that they've had recently yeah that has either gone under the radar or somehow you know has slowly built a real big like only murders in the building is a great example you know that really kind of did that thing where they did i think a few episodes up front and you know doled out the rest of the season and it really grew a fan base to the point that people were really excited for a second season and um and you know they seem to be a network that really has kind of figured out how to program responsibly and kind of develop these shows that are really interesting and um the last show we're talking about is the new series that they have coming out called pam and tommy which is uh from craig gillespie i think directs the majority of the episodes but um i mean when i first heard about this series um before we saw any pictures of them before anything really I mean, this is a moment in time, you know, especially of of, of our generation, mine mm-hmm. and Ronald specifically. I mean, I don't know. We're not that different in ages. But, like, this was like a landmark event, you know, not only because of who the two people were, but because of what this sex scandal, the sex tape scandal did for, you know, uh, for, you know, the, the, the porn industry, for actors, for actors, for privacy, for the internet, you know, for all these things that were kind of like coming together at that time in history. Um, so I was very interested in seeing what they had to say about, you know, the story beyond the sex tape itself. Cause that's really, I think what the more interesting thing is. And, um, and then you start talking about like a cast, you know, with Seth Rogen and Lily James and Sebastian Stan and uh, Nick Offerman, Nick Offerman, Taylor Schilling, just a really incredible cast. And I mean, you know, Craig Gillespie's done this a couple times now. Like he did the I Tanya film, which kind of went back to the Tanya Harding, Nancy Kerrigan uh, event. And he's developing series for Hulu about Mike Tyson. Uh, and also Ooh. about like the, the Chippendales era of, Oh my God. Uh, about that documentary that just came out. Have you seen uh, that? No, I haven't seen the doc. No, but he's, he's doing like a series. I believe they're both Jeez. at Hulu. But you guys will love that doc. What's the doc? It's it's on Discovery Plus. Okay, uh, I, have, I have to find it. Yeah, but but it's, just it's to a, say, like he he's been doing these things where like they're taking these like, you know, even Sebastian Stan was in Itania, like the these very specific events of the time, you know, whether almost it's like 80s, tabloid 90s. stories. Yeah, like, exactly. Good, yeah. good, good call. And and not just looking at the like how you know saucy it was or like just how salacious it was but really kind of getting into what it meant for everything around it, you know, what it meant for the impacts that it had on the industries that touched it, you know, whether it was a sporting industry in Itania or probably in, in you know, what's, what's to come in Iron Mike, but like specifically with this one, you know, um, 
I've only seen the first three episodes, uh, which is the three that come out today on Hulu that you can stream all at once. And then they're doing the thing with one a week. Um, and I'm sure this will be a show from what I've gathered in my opinion so far that will people will be talking about for a variety of reasons. But yeah, <laughs> my initial takeaway of the first yeah. three episodes really is this idea of like trying to explore the impact of what happened Um not just about the sex tape itself, you know, not just about how crazy that it it was to happen, but like the moments that led up to it and what comes after it, but just like all the revolving parts that really touched it and when that were affected by it, um, including Pam Anderson's, you know, relationship, her career, like Tommy Lee, like it's just, it's kind of crazy to kind of get perspective um in a series like this, you know, so far on Hulu, you know, not not to say anything against Hulu because I just championed them, but like you look to things like this and you hope that it has something to offer beyond just being a tabloidy type of TV series. Mm-hmm. And personally, you know, from the first three episodes, I'm very happy with like what it's done to try to like talk about the other stuff around it, like what was going on with these people um, and including people that like I had no in- no information on, you know, like. Seth Rogen's character I knew a little bit about, but like there's a lot of story there. And this is all kind of coming out of an article that was written that this whole series is based on. But um, <clears throat> I just think this is something that people are going to be talking about for the next couple of months as it airs. Um, especially like, you know, you have somebody like Sebastian Stan, who is like the star of a Disney plus series and of the Marvel universe. And this is like something that no one has ever seen him do or Lily mm-hmm. James do. And it's like just completely out of their comfort zone. And um, I think that's amazing. And I think yeah. that's always fun to watch somebody be completely the opposite of what you expect them to be. Um, and I think that really is for everybody, even for Nick Offerman and Seth Rogen. I think it's like they're all doing something different. And that makes me really excited to see more of the show. And um, I'd, I'd be shocked if this isn't a show just right off the first three episodes that like could be a real like kind of Emmy contender for Hulu. I mean, it's 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 a great cast, and they all are doing amazing stuff. But the transformative sort of aspect, the physically transformative performance that uh, Sebastian Stan and Lily James do, it's like it it is in both cases a really solid piece of mimicry. Yeah. But it goes beyond mimicry. But it nails the mimicry so much so that you kind of have to remember at different points what the real person looks like. I don't know if you ever do that with this yeah, type yeah. of thing where you like stop yeah. and you go, oh yeah, I don't need to, I need to re-update my image of this story, but with the real people. Because Sebastian Stan is not like a tall stringy guy like Tommy Lee at all, but when he's alone in the shot, he does a pretty good job of approximating the body language. When he's standing next to somebody, you can tell he's not tall yeah, or yeah. like that um but the physicality the body language he the way he's constantly like throwing his arms up and yeah. his tone i mean he goes from being a very comic character kind of a almost an antagonistic villainous kind of comic character in the first episode to a slightly more humanized guy as it goes along and then you see the ways in which he is still kind of monstrous and a bit abusive yeah. in his own way, and then literally abusive, you you find out a couple of details. But this story is not so much about all that as much as it is about, as you said, Steve, this moment in time when a celebrity sex tape came out of nowhere, and then the internet found a way to kind of meet, the, the, you know, these two things met 
in the middle and the internet became the way that this thing got out to people. And then it also kind of, as the documentary, or not documentary, as the docu is the, what do you call this kind of thing? It's not a docu-series, it's a um, biopic. It's not a biopic because it's not <laughs> one person's story. But like, the, the, the tr- I don't know how true the events of this, uh, this series are as far as right. adhering to the facts, but as far as adhering to the spirit of the era and when you see the internet come along and how that kind of becomes this, this way of just broadcasting to the whole world, um, you know, you see the characters in this. There's a little bit of that. People saying, "Oh, telephones, that'll never catch on." You know, in a in a <laughs> p- period piece. But it it goes beyond that because it really is like you sort of forget that you couldn't really fathom what the internet was before the internet came along. And so you right. see how like sex and the internet are kind of meeting in this thing. And then this whole idea of the celebrity sex tape, years later, it would become like a common thing. And the assumption would be that the people involved had created this for the purpose of leaking it and making money on it or getting hype yeah. from it. This is the beginning of that though. And the docu, I keep saying documentary, they've got a, and the show, because um, we've said documentary so much uh, in this episode, but the show really <laughs> the show. does, it's like, it really does feel like it's Splitting the difference between being kind of a fun, trashy thing and then honestly connecting with the real human cost of this kind of commodifying of people's lives and and of sex. And definitely Pam Anderson comes out of this as the the sort of heart of the thing. Yeah. Um, as good as uh, Sebastian Stan is and as fun as he is to watch as Tommy Lee and as entertaining as the Nick Offerman and Seth Rogen side of the story is um, – it's almost like a Coen Brothers level, like, you know, bumbling crooks kind of thing um, – mm-hmm. I don't know. It, when you get to some of those scenes, Lily James really carries it very well. The when it gets to the point where the the humanity of Pam Anderson is the subject of the show, and you realize how much you've been maybe not thinking about that in your life or culturally, but also the show is very cagey. Like it starts off with the with the people who steal the tape, and then it takes you deeper into the story. And it's funny to be, realize, oh, I was kind of amused by this in the first episode. And as it gets further and further, you realize how unamusing it would be to have your life yeah. invaded this way. And also, for her in particular, the you know the, the show does a pretty good job of positioning this idea that she was at a point in her career where, especially as a woman, being suddenly seen only as a sex object, which was something she was fighting already... Um, like it, I don't, I don't know what perfect world we would live in where barbed wire would have been like a massive box office hit and would have cemented her stardom. But there's no question that it hurt her career. That at the moment when she Absolutely. was making her yeah. big screen play, she suddenly had to answer questions about a sex tape. You know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and the and the sh- and the show really deals with that idea that as bad as it might be for Tommy Lee to have his privacy invaded, it's not as hard for a man in our culture to have to deal with these questions. It's not as devalidating. It's like, oddly, we kind of high-five a guy for doing yeah. something like this, and then we shame a woman. Or at least our culture is sort of set up on those puritanical ideas. So, yeah, the yeah. show deals with all that. But honestly, in the opening episodes, you're, you're going to laugh and your jaw's going to drop at different things. It's, it is a highly entertaining spectacle um, that does – I don't know if you felt the same thing, Ronald. Like, midway into the run of the show, you just it gets heavy in a way that you can't, you can't avoid. Yeah. I mean, honestly – when they they had a moment that I considered jumping the shark, I almost gave up on it. <laughs> yeah. Once it ha- once I got over it, and you see what, it, what now seeing the whole thing and seeing how nuanced and well done it was done, uh, it, w- it was put together. 
I wish that 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 scene that I'm talking about just wasn't in the movie. Are you talking I mean, about the, the uh, maybe a famous scene? One of the scenes people will be talking about. People or will it, be talking. Yeah, the scene that everybody will be. Talking it has about. A, it has a guest voice actor in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's it's a it's a big swing. Boy, I know that sounds like a pun. Now that we know what the episode. <laughs> yeah. But but it is. It really is a big swing. Like that scene really is there to do a very specific thing, and I think maybe. It, it builds on the characterization that we've been dealing with. But I agree with you. It's sort of a showy, flashy scene that really does feel like, oh, whatever is grounded and human about this story has kind of momentarily yeah. <laughs> left uh, the building. And it, and it does a couple of things. Like, it, it does exactly what you're talking about. Like, it really does differentiate, um, you know, like the experience of a man who goes through this and a woman that goes through this. But also, right. but also there's a lot of nuance in, like, how... Like consent, so it does it. It does it a couple of ways. It shows you, and then it tells you, which mm -hmm. I really loved, right? Because like a lot of stuff just tells you a lot, right? It's like this is wrong. This is wrong. You need to rethink this. This is wrong. But it shows you like ten times, and then towards the end, people go on like a a final rant about why this is this is awful. But that is a big message that really needs to be emphasized. The way that you get information really does make a difference in how the other person's affected. If somebody purposefully produces a sex tape to put out, to be sold, right? That's very different than someone's private video being taken and sold. That is a very big difference. And yeah. I think in today's society, there's been kind of the thing where like, well, it's out in the world. It doesn't matter. <clears throat> they never should have shot it. Should you, should you maybe not have made, like, should you not have shot baby pictures or, or you know, should, should your parents not have shot you as a kid naked on the bed? You know what I mean? Like that, that's, that's nothing to be, to be discussed. That's like private things that are yeah. in your family that just should not be distributed, you know? When you're a baby and somebody takes a, you know what I, you know what I mean? Like yeah, these, yeah, are, yeah. these are you can't, private. You can't, you can't criticize, like you know, right? Some but the decisions people are making behind, you know, in, in their in their private lives have nothing yes. to do with anybody but them and those involved. You know, it's kind of like I, I, those I, I, things. And the context changes when it gets outside of you. It really people get very cold yeah. and callous about other people's information getting out. And right. I think that's so fucking crazy. This does a really good job. I mean, and I know some of that stuff was like kind of heavy handed, but I specifically remember I, my dad was a, a computer programmer. So like we, we, we didn't have the most money, but like he would get computers from work and bring them in. And we were very early on the Internet. I specifically remember people talking about these things very similarly to this movie, not mm -hmm. not even like exaggerating, like what is this like what does it do like what it, phone oh, yeah. like i Definitely. remember all of that talk i remember it and it, it it's a lot less exaggerated than i thought it would be i thought that it would be like kind of goofy like austin powers like you know <laughs> what i mean like i thought it would be that kind of a, but it, this i think it's a little more grounded than people remember about how people talked about sex tapes the internet the distribution of it and this is the last thing i'll say when i was younger I had a I had a technology teacher that told me this, and I thought it was so fucking weird when he would say he's like he was like it's like two thousand. He's like porn moves technology forward. Don't ever think it's any other way. 
<laughs> Every time you watch a commercial and it's like Comcast, they talk about porn in commercials in very subtle ways. They t porn is everywhere and it moves things forward. It puts things in houses. It, it changed the way we stream videos. Porn is king. It changed DVDs are distributed were distributed differently because of it. Tapes, everything. And it's it is really interesting that there's some acknowledgement of that through this. Mm -hmm. Through this thing, because it is a real thing. I know, I know like people are very like crass. Oh, that's very clutching their pearls about it. But porn moves things forward. That's right. Yeah, it's a strange. It's yeah, even interesting, like in, in the episode where they're like kind of shopping the tape, there's like a very strong, you can kind of see the delineation in like how uh, mm. the industry you know when they're when they're going to like the the the, the, yes. the big players in the industry and they're kind of getting the door shut in their face, um, you know the way they approach these things versus like once the internet was around or once the internet yes. became a player, you oh, realize that like their feet were being held to the fire and it was like okay well we have to like do something with this now because yeah. we can't, you know like what you're saying basically you know the uh, kind of pushing technology forward in this case it probably did help push it forward and yeah. You know, and vice versa, it kind of forced an industry to change, just like, you know, technology has done to so many types of industries. But it's kind of crazy to get that kind of uh, perspective on it when you see them going to, like, the big name players in the porn industry and being denied <laughs> because of, like, so, you know, the, the, you know uh, uh, signatures and, like, just, you know, uh, yeah. waivers. And, like, they're getting very legally schmiegly. And, you know, they're like, oh, well. He's like looking for that part and the guy mentions the internet and it's like, well, fuck <laughs> the internet. I don't need anything. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. they're just like, let's just go. You know, it, yeah, it's yeah. crazy to think about like how much of like it was a the wild, wild west, you know, like even at that time and like what things could, what things could be found. Um, and it's like, it's even just like you mentioning, you know, your dad's involvement and you know the front of it and like just remembering people talking about the early days of the internet and like the kind of laughing it off in some ways, you know, a certain people, I can vividly remember the same, you know, just like adults, like, you know, that were against getting computers in my family, like, Oh, that's not going to be, what are you talking about? <laughs> but then you think about like the, that, that, like the, this thing became what it was that we're talking now, you know, 20 plus years later, 25 years later, uh, uh, you know, and, and to think, you know, and to circle back a little bit, talking about euphoria earlier in the episode and to think about, you know, the Internet and social media and like what things do now when they leak. And, oh, you know, if God. you're a student and some picture gets out that you sent somebody and, you know, in, in private, you know, things like that that get out, especially when you're of an age like where you're not really fully developed as a human being yet and yeah. what that can do to you and affect you like those things are just really heavy, you know, and to think about, you know, this show and, you know, the impact that it had on people at that at that point in time, really all parties involved, really, even beyond Pam and Tommy, but mainly them and mainly Pam. Um, it's just, you know, it's it's crazy. It's a good takeaway, I think. And I think it's cool that this series is kind of like, you know, not just sticking to the fun entertaining piece that we kind of mentioned the first couple episodes definitely feels the settle into because right. then when that third episode kicks, I feel like it kind of shifts a lot and yeah. you really get a lot of like the Pam experience of what is about to happen to her 
and it just is really devastating. And, and the sense um, of dread is legit, like yeah. the dramatic yes. sense of dread they create because you see how close they're getting to finding out about it, you know, and then yeah. when they find yeah. out about it, it, then you see the ripple effect and how like they know it yet, like they're like, oh, maybe this will just go away, you know, and they, it's continuing right. to grow. So no, yeah. It, and, and even if it is like, I guess my, my whole point about the accuracy of it before even if it is like creating a shorthand around some characters or events to make you understand it, I do think these issues are what you'll be thinking about. And I mean, you said it right up top when we started talking about this topic, Steve. Um, Maybe that's why you did it at the top, because it was a topic. Um, (laughs) But like the fact that like... The root, the root of the word. Yeah. <laughs> right. Once again, the root of the word. Was that when we were recording or was that before? I don't know. Word? I don't know. Um, <laughs> yes, I like to emphasize the root of words. Um, th- but just this idea that like, this this is it's going to be kind of fun. It's gonna it's gonna hit that sort of torn from the headlines kind of thing. But yeah. there's a what is this about? The about of this is something I haven't seen before. You know, like I haven't seen anything wrestle with those particular issues, um, the way it ties in misogyny in our culture and the way it ties in the history of just like kind of what you're saying, Ronald, the the way that porn is like one of those secret economies. It's like we always talk about movie grosses, but like porn grosses and video game grosses. And, you know, there's all these other little economies in the entertainment industry that are that are really huge and just um, completely overshadow like yeah, box and, office. Yeah. Right. And you don't really talk about it that much. Right, but this right, but this right. this show kind of tries to grapple with that that the rise of that and how the internet, yes, has made it so ubiquitous that all you gotta do is type in a phrase and it's all right Wild. there. It's it's crazy that like that tape took the distribution of it was a little nuts, right? Yeah. We could text each other that tape now. Like it yeah, could, yeah, that's what it I'm could, saying. Like in one crazy. text could be the entire duration of that. Te- it's beyond my understanding. You know, it, I understand it, but it, it's beyond my understanding how quickly, once it caught fire, like streaming things and distribution of files caught yeah. on, it didn't take very much for it to evolve the way that it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and seeing the the... the the collateral damage of it is the most devastating part. It's just seeing like what could have been with Pam Anderson and you know, it's just It's sad. I hope that she gets another chance. Like I you know, I love what's been happening with TV and uh, you know, long form storytelling. I'd love to see her in like a cool action you know, TV show on Netflix or Hulu or Apple TV Plus or something like that. How cool would that be, man? But it's it's devastating to see, you know, a person that you can see has withdrawn from the light because of, you know, she's been hurt. Yeah. Yeah. She's been burned by the industry. Sad stuff, man. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, Hulu this weekend. First three episodes drop and then a week, a weekly drop after that. Uh, Pam yes. and Tommy. Pam and Tommy. Yeah, I want man, to tell you crazy. the name of that. Go ahead, go sorry. I was like crazy, like transformation shit, like the yeah. makeup, makeup, so good. all that stuff in this. Sh- in this is just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, yeah. Send me that. That you have that, that doc. Yeah, that it's called Curse of the Chippendales. Okay. Oh, I feel like I. I feel like this. Yeah, Steve that, that sounds familiar. Right. Okay, yeah, John. Yeah. Curse of the Chippendale. You right. will not watch regret it. watching this crazy doc. Well, I can't. I can't find out for sure if this series. I, I'm trying to see the the, the Craig Gillespie one because I know that um, Dev Patel is involved. 
in a Chippendales movie or series that's being developed too. And I don't know if it's the same thing. Dev like, Patel? It's crazy. Like Dev Patel. So I, I think Kamal Nanjiani's in it. And the guy from White Lotus, oh. Armand from White Lotus. Yes, yes. So, I read so about who's, that. So one that's of the guys in the, yeah. in, the, in the whole situation is Indian. So I'm wondering if one of them, I bet Kumail's going to be that guy. Because that guy is like, oh, God, when you find out what this guy does, man, so good. So good. Such a good doc. Um, okay, yeah. so this is, this is so, so he's in a film. So Dev is in a film. I think okay. the Craig Gillespie thing is a series. So there might or, be or, two or as I things. call it, a doc. I just call it all television. Or a doc. <laughs> a, doc. Yeah. a doc. It should be called that, though. Yeah, Dev plays Steve Banerjee. That's the guy. Yeah, that's the guy. Holy shit. That's going to be... If you... God, they have footage think, of this guy. And I think... As you said, and then Seth Rogen's in it. Al Fanning's in it. Seth I think Rogen's Kamal's in, in it. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But but yeah, I don't know. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, it is the... Okay, so the it is Craig Gillespie. It's a movie, not a series. So it is Craig Gillespie making this. And Kumail's going to be Steve. No, no, no. Dev Patel is Steve. De- Dev Patel's gonna be Steve? Yeah, and I think I think oh Kamal, is, Kamal may also be in this movie. He's he should use that physique for something. Right, 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 right. Oh my god, this is gonna be so good, man. Yeah, Kamal to play Chippendale's fa- oh, oh, oh my god, so this is so confusing. <laughs> okay, two different things. Mm-hmm. Oh. Chippendale's movie. That Craig Gillespie is directing with Dev Patel, okay, Seth Rogen, and Al Fanning. Dev mm. is playing Steve Banerjee. Okay. Kumel is also in a Chippendales series on Hulu, playing Steve Banerjee, separate oh, okay. from the movie. There you I go, think Arnold. I'm. I think I'm more into the Hulu one because I think and the the series is going to be called Immigrant. Oh. Oh, why would they? Okay, interesting. Interesting. Wow, such a weird thing. Yeah, and like the producer of Pam and Tommy is producing Kamal's series. Oh, Did, Kamal I makes guess there's a lot to talk about with Chippendales. I don't know. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta watch yeah, yeah. this doc. You yeah. gotta watch the doc. You will get it. You'll get why they want to do it. You'll you'll absolutely get it. Okay. Cool. Cool. Well. Yeah. Recap real quick. So yeah, Pam and Tommy Hulu this weekend. Uh, we need to talk about Cosby is on Showtime. And then we have Euphoria, obviously, HBO proper, Sunday nights, also on HBO Max. And the after party is on Apple TV Plus. So three bits of newness, four bits of newness, if you include it, Euphoria, yeah. uh, all coming out this weekend. Uh, and all that we were able to check out and talk about. This has been a really fun episode, man. Yeah. Very, fun, very man. topical, all new yeah. stuff. Right. Yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I think I think the drinking game this week was if we every time we said heavy. Yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Somebody is passed out right now. Somebody's just <laughs> pooping their pants. <laughs> People don't talk about that enough. What pooping their pants? <laughs> yeah, man. Like there's not there's not a lot of benefits of being drunk. One of them is oh. you could poop your pants. I thought you meant people just. I thought you were about to say there's not a lot of benefits to pooping your pants. And I argue there is one benefit. <laughs> that, that, that's, 
They don't talk about that enough. There's exactly one. All right. Yeah. On that note, let's just, <laughs> let's just leave that image. <laughs> Great episode, guys. That's ended on a poop and pants oh, conversation. Yep. <laughs> classic, classic movie schmoovie. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so after you're done pooping your pants, head to movieschmoovie.com. Yeah. Uh, all the episodes are there. You can jump off to any of our social media pages, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, any of them. It's all there. Uh, and you can subscribe to whichever podcast platform you prefer to listen to your podcast in right from that page as well. And again, we're on Facebook. The podcast streams on Facebook now. The day it comes out, uh, it, it's automatically there. If you follow the Facebook page, um, you can automatically see it in your feed if you'd like to just listen to it there. Um, that's one of the newer, I guess, features that Facebook has for podcast pages, which is pretty slick. But um, again, movieschmovie.com. And if you do subscribe anywhere, um, please, if you can leave a rating, review, a star rating, whatever it is. Um, and if not, there's probably a share button somewhere in that app. If you can hit do share that. and send it to one person um, please that, that you think might like the episode. I really, we, we would all really appreciate it. Yeah. Do you guys have anything else you'd like to say before we head out today? Look up the show, The Cleaning Lady on Fox. It's It's a really promising show yeah it's it's about three episodes in curse of the chippendales and cleaning lady and the cleaning lady check that got out it. please got it. got it john are you good i, I started watching archive 81 on netflix and it's, i need to watch it's, that it's pretty i need to so watch far. that i've heard that's really good <laughs> yeah but then the zombie then the zombie shows coming out the the korean zombie shows coming out this uh friday oh it's called like mm. if i'm dead or something like that or kill me when i'm dead or something oh weird yeah. Like that. yeah 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 uh, that's I'm trying to stay doing. away from anything Archive 81 because I feel like I, I don't want anything. Yeah. A lot of the marketing for it now I've seen popping up oh. now that it's kind of caught on. is like, stay away. Don't get spoiled. Okay. Right. Protect oh, the twist or the, the, the whatever. So, okay. so that's again, that's a tell that Netflix has a show that's catching on is that you start to see marketing for it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I've started to see like ads pop up for it on the internet randomly. So I think, I think they know I want to watch it. So I was like, <laughs> thanks guys. Uh, all right, so I'll have to check that out for sure. Um, all right, cool. Well, we'll talk to you guys next week. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.